And we're live. Day late and a much short. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast from P-Town. I am your co-host, getting rushed around tonight because the host is impatient. I'll pay you $100 if you drink that. No. There's no amount of money. $150. There's no amount of money that would ever, ever, ever make me drink that. Oh, come on. Nope. Don't you love me? That has nothing to do with it. Your host was trying to make me drink a spit bottle. Y'all know what that is. It was $100. Who cares? It ain't enough. Well, you got money growing out your ears or something. Apparently. Okay, so here we are again. Back to the news you can use. Thank you, news correspondent. Um, we'll just jump right into it. The... Uh, this one's called the most expensive can of Bud Light. Uh, Michael Ducaris, the CEO of Anheuser-Busch, um, sought to appease investors last month by arguing the controversy was not due to an officially sanctioned campaign, but rather just one can used in, in one Instagram post. And so far, this Instagram post has cost Anheuser-Busch $15.7 billion. Billion? Billion, with a B. With a B. Um, Target stock has been downgraded. Mostly due to the student loan payments starting back up because it was part of the debt ceiling bill. So the thought is people will be spending less money there. However, Elon Musk said Target should expect lawsuits over its pride range for destruction and shareholder value. Uh, and Target shares plunged 2% as market cap down over $13 billion amid pride backlash. Uh, what happened? I think they came out and are supporting a bunch of the Pride stuff, you know, and whatnot. It's Pride Month. Yeah, it's Pride Month. What do you freaking do? When are we going to have straight month? Um, they, uh, I think he uh, he's saying that since they supported this Pride thing, then um, they're losing money because everybody else isn't going to be shopping there. Oh. Which, I don't know. I mean, you got your thing of, like, but it's these minority groups are being the loudest. Uh-huh. You know, like the Absolutely. transgenders and all that other crap. They're the ones that are making all the noise. So now advertisers are losing their mind, thinking, "Oh, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna appease them because they're being so loud." But they got to realize that they're still the minority. You know what I'm saying? So, like the Bud Light thing, a majority of the people who drink Bud Light. Aren't some transgender freaking LGBTQ uh, LGBTQ one AS plus plus it's uh the S is for or S two or something like that because you can be multiple you can have two spirits or something I think now the S is a spirit something like that and uh, it's it was really interesting I read a whole thing on it I was gonna say they I remember seeing the headline where they were explaining what it all was yeah yeah pretty soon it's like you say it's gonna be like Brian Regan spelling his name to Caroline right <laughs> um, <clears throat> and Bud Light shelled out two hundred thousand dollars to an LGBT business organization uh, they're making a donation to the National LGBTQ Chamber of Commerce. What? To support economic opportunities and advancements for LGTP, LGBTQ plus Americans. The company suffered significant losses after the boycott. Um, 
they released a statement Monday saying it was extending its partnership with NGLCCC by donating $200,000 to the Communities of Color Initiative and the COCI Biz Pitch Program. This year, Bud Light will donate $200,000 to the NGLCC in support of its... The press release uh, this initiative is designed to support the growth and success of minority LGBTQ plus owned businesses through certification, scholarships, and business development. Anheuser-Busch touted its 20 years of advancing LGBTQ equality and a strong relationship with the community. The news comes just weeks after the LGBTU groups uh, and businesses also began a boycott of the brand due to the company reportedly offering free beer to make amends for the partnership with Mulvaney. Okay. So now they're playing both sides right. of the fence. They need to stop. <clears throat> just stop. Just yeah, go just back to making what you were beer doing and, yeah. and be done. Because if you've seen those new videos, are all about American yes. and yeah, and this, that, the other thing. But then on the other side of it, they're trying to cater to the queers, and which Q stands for that in the LGBTQ, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wonder why they don't have LGBTQF. Female. Faggots. No, I don't think that's a thing. But, no. Yeah. Well, okay. Anyhow, being politically correct. LGBTQ takes care of that term. <sighs> Anyhow, I think we've had enough about LGBTQ. Can we move on to something? How about LGBTQPB? Pillow biters. Nope. Nope. Moving on. No more. No more Anheuser-Busch. Okay. No more Target. Oh, this guy, he's probably going to get killed. Oh. A pet alligator escapes an apartment and falls from a balcony more than 20 stories up. CCCTV footage shows a one-meter-long gator plummeting from a high-rise building in Shenzhen, southern China, on Monday. Oops. Miraculously, its fall was broken by a shop's canopy, kind of like on the movies, you know, mm-hmm. where they bounce off. Yep. Um, it was able to survive as a leap of faith. Police uh, were able to locate the alligator's owner, Mr. Liu. Why, what else what name would he have? Uh, who told them he was secretly keeping the alligator as a pet for over a decade. Oh, my gosh. And was intended for consumption. He, the alligator oh, has since been taken in custody by the police, and the local fishery department is conducting an investigation into the matter. Okay, wait. So he's been raising this alligator for 10 years, so he could eat it? Yeah. Okay, wasn't it full term, like, by two or three? I don't know. I don't know how quickly alligators grow. Well, I think it's quicker than 10 years. Okay. Well, you know what the difference is between an alligator and a crocodile? The shape of their head? Nope. An alligator will see you later, and a crocodile is after a while. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Wow. A pregnant transgender man gets backlash over Glamour UK Pride issue. We weren't going to talk about transgenders no more. I'm a pregnant man, and I'm trans. Oh, God. Logan Brown, a 27-year-old transgender writer, has apparently made history by becoming the first pregnant trans man to grace the cover of Glamour UK's latest issue. And at the end of the day, I am a trans pregnant man, and I do exist. No matter what anyone says, I am literally living proof, Brown added. This thing about men can't get pregnant is uh, that I would not identify as anything else because I found out I'm pregnant. It's important for me to stay real with my identity. I am a pregnant man and I am trans. However, a real man has testicles and not ovaries. So there is that small hurdle. You have... If you're pregnant... I don't know how they... Can't You're a girl. Figure this out. A woman. Out. 
That's it. That's all she wrote. Literally. Yeah, it's not all he wrote. It isn't all that he wrote. That, uh, oh, that makes me. <clears throat> I don't understand. Frustrated, it. and the UK put him on. Glamour UK. Glamour UK. I guess it's some glamour magazine or something over there. You're a woman. Let Let's just make it clear. That's yeah. the only way you got pregnant, honey. Well, and why do they call it a trans man? It's. Wouldn't it be a trans woman? He because... was a woman becoming a man. Yeah, but then it's not a trans man. It's a trans woman. Right. Because it's still a woman. Right. You put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. It's still a pig. Huh. Um, our useless facts. Oh, I can't wait for this one. Uh, these are pretty easy. Um, it is impossible to tickle yourself and feel the effect. That's true. <laughs> um, and you spray 2.5 drops of spit per word. You spray more than that. No. Yeah. And whales can fart. Nope. So, looking at deaths this week. Oh, wait. There was another news story I wanted to cover that the news correspondent may have not gotten onto. But uh, that whole uh, Ukrainian dam bursting. Oh, yeah. You can see the videos of it online, of yeah. the water rushing out. Mm hmm and so the Ukrainians are blaming the Russians, and the Russians are blaming the Ukrainians about it. Right. But in the end, we're the ones getting screwed. Everybody is because evidently that area is a high place for uh, corn and wheat, I think I said it was. Yep. And uh, so now the prices of that are going to soar. Um, it's said on the news today that uh, those the prices of corn and wheat are going to start skyrocketing, which they are already pretty much high. How much did you pay for corn this weekend? Um, actually... Two ears of corn for a buck. It wasn't bad. Oh, that's not too bad. No. I remember when you get 10 for a buck or 12 for a buck, but that's okay. That's okay. You know, the differences between beer nuts and deer nuts? Beer nuts are a buck 50 and deer nuts are under a buck. <sighs> and here we are. So, folks. going into deaths. Uh, Roger Craig, who is 93, he was an American baseball player for the uh, Brooklyn and Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh. Uh, the New York Mets and manager of the San Francisco Giants, and he was a four-time World Series winner. He died. Oh. Jim Hines, who is 76, he was an American sprinter and Olympic champion, 1968, and football player uh, for the Miami Dolphins and Kansas City Chiefs. Cynthia Wheel, or Whale, something like that, 82, she was an American Hall of Fame songwriter. Uh, she wrote, you've lost that love and feeling. Oh, yeah. And here you come again. I think Dolly Parton sang that, didn't yep. she? Yeah, that's what I was singing. And then Somewhere Out There. It's not Somewhere Over the oh, Rainbow. Yeah. yeah. No, Somewhere no. Out There is a different one. Oh. Um, the other person that died, and I haven't confirmed this yet, but I'm pretty sure it's true. Robert Hansen died. Who's that? He was the FBI or CIA agent that was selling... Um, uh, he is said to be one of the biggest security breaches or whatever in U.S. history. He was selling secrets to the Russians for like years and years and years. Oh. And he was um, put in ADX Florence, which we talked about. We did talk about it. In, back in Colorado there. Uh, he ended up dying. Oh. Uh, I think. And then there was something else that I was going to talk about. There was Roger Craig. Oh. Do you know what yesterday was... 79 years ago. 
It was D-Day. Damn it. You think I'm stupid, I know. Yep. So. I just proved, I just proved it. I'm not stupid. I think since we have to pay reparations to all the black people and the, uh, for slavery and to all the Indians for taking their land and stuff, I think all of Europe should pay reparations to all of us because we saved their butts in World War II with D-Day. Yeah, how's that working out for the for all of this whole shinning? I don't think it's working out very well for us at all. It's not. Yeah, no. Anyhow, getting to our podcast, what do you okay, have for us tonight? Moving along. Oh. What? I just was reading the places. Oh. So, tonight we're talking about uh, the first place we're going to go to is way up in the northeast, and it is Bangor, Maine. Um, and this place has been a home for indigenous people for around 11,000 years. Just so you guys know, I think at some point through my research on future episodes, I've quit talking about it being a home for indigenous people because every place has been a home for indigenous people in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Here first. Uh but these ones were known as the Penobscot Indians, and they actually still inhabit a reservation on an island uh, just off the coast there. Uh, it wasn't until 1524 that the first Europeans explored this land, and then a few dif- different ethnic groups uh, explored the area over the next several years. And then finally, the Jesuits created a settlement in 1609, and they stayed in the area until the 1750s. Um, and this was one of the last places to become part of New England. Didn't know that, did you? Uh-uh. Then, in 1769, they established a settlement there, and um, the place began to grow. It was known as Sunbury until the time that it was incorporated in 1791. Hmm. Uh, the area actually be- uh, began to grow because of lumber, um, and because they had the ocean right there, shipping quickly started to take off. Uh, additionally, by the 1880s, they became a major supplier of moccasins. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. And with all the lumber in the area, then they eventually got the pulp and uh, paper industry. But unfortunately for these folks, they've suffered quite a few fires through the last half of the 1800s. Oh. Um, they always end up building it back, which has led to it becoming the third most populous city in Maine. And as of 2020, they only had 31,753 people there. Which wow, kind of a big name city like that, and yeah. that's not very many people. I thought it had been. I thought it would have been. Way higher than that. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't find a whole lot of what to do there. Uh, there's a coal land and the Coal Land Transportation Museum, which um, <clears throat> seems to be a pretty cool place to go. Uh, there's a casino here, uh, so maybe the Indians are trying to win back some of their money. And there aren't any major sports teams uh, out up there either. As for notable people from here. There wasn't a ton of big names. There's quite a few uh, names on the list, but none of them were really big. Uh, the ones you might have heard of were uh, Al Al Harris, who was in the NFL. Al Harris? Yeah. Who did he play for? Uh, was it the Steelers, maybe? Oh. Uh, a couple of other guys from the NFL, a few MLB guys, but none of them were really stars. They're, you know, linemen. Uh then there's Stephen King, which oh, yeah. I think I I think his name came up in another city that we talked about too. Uh, Bob Marley is from here, and then the ex-wife of the guy who created Coors Beer, so that's pretty cool. Hmm. And um, that was 
pretty much it for Banger Maine. It was a pretty quick one. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. 31,000 people. It's... Yeah. And then we head south to uh, the 30 most populous city in the United States. And this lands us in Baltimore, Maryland. In 2020, this place had a population of 585,708 people. Wow. Um, but as with every other place on the list, it was originally Engine Land. No. Uh, they had called this place home since around the 10th century B.C., and some of the archaeological finds of these tribes were unearthed as recently as 2021, huh. which is kind of amazing. Uh, it looks like the Europeans first started inhabiting this area around 1634. Uh, they were settling north of the Potomac River at this time, but it finally got incorporated into a city in 1796. It seems like the town grew up pretty quickly. It was also home of the first post office. Wow. Yeah. And it continued to grow through the ups and downs of the United States. They battled through the Civil War and the War of 1812 and all that. And then rolling into the 1900s, they were struck with tragedy. <clears throat> tragedy. In 1904, there was a huge fire that destroyed around 1,500 buildings and around 70 blocks. And this was wow. estimated to cost about $150 million in 1904 money. Good grief. Which would equal out to over $5 billion today. Uh, but they rebuilt it and continued to grow. Um, just like every other town, they've had their instances. Uh, being this close to D.C., they've obviously had their share of riots and corruption and all that other junk that goes along with uh, the government. Uh, they have had their share of crime, though. In 2015, they had the second highest crime rate in the United States. Good grief. I think they were probably only behind Chicago. I was going to say, was Chicago number one? Um, but with all that said... We're finally getting back into a place that has some sports. Good. First off, they have Orioles. probably what is my favorite AFC football team. Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens. Um, our co-host hates their quarterback, but he's amazing. I hate their quarterback. I wish Ray Lewis was still on there. I uh, loved Ray Lewis. Uh, for MLB, they have the Baltimore Orioles. Yep. Remember who uh, played for the Baltimore Orioles and played like 2,006 consecutive games? Uh, um. Did you just say white guy? Nope. Um, uh, oh, it's right there. Uh, uh, move on. Cal Ripken. Ah, oh, dang it. And I didn't even have to write that down. That just came off the old gray matter. Well, my gray matter is a little bit darker I than I got yours. some pretty good kidneys up there. Apparently. Uh, <clears throat> Wait, Cal Ripken Jr. They're also home to the Preakness Stakes, which uh, was, I think it was just a few weeks back. No. And that's the second race in the Triple Crown. Oriole Park is listed as one of the main things to do while you're here. They also have the National Aquarium, which would be kind of cool to go see. Uh, they're home to the Maryland Zoo. And it sounds like the waterfront is a pretty nice place to hang out. They got a pretty neat waterfront there. Uh, there's obviously no shortage of notable people from here. Um, starting off, you have Spiro Tiagnu, who is the 39th Vice President of the United States. Uh, you have Muggsy Bogues. Do you remember him? Muggsy. He was a boxer? He was a basketball player, and he's only like five foot four or something like that. Oh. Uh, you have Tom Clancy. Oh, you love his books. Uh, David Hasselhoff. Oh, Kit. John Hopkins. From John Hopkins uh, or Hospital? Yeah. Uh, Nancy Pelosi. Why would you even mention the woman? I don't know. I, wanted, I wanted to throw an alcoholic in there. Well, there you go. Uh, Michael Phelps, so we got our dr oh. our pot smoker. Yep. Edgar Allan Poe. Mm. Babe Ruth. Really? 
And there were plenty of others, but I kind of got tired I'm of sure. writing them down. Sure, there's tons of them. And now we're going to sell. It's called Salvador. Salvador. And this has me a bit. This one got me confused. And along with next week, too, is this place. Uh, there's no Salvador City in the United States. Um, I. The map shows it goes south, way south. Yeah, 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 that map thing. So it looks like we're moving to El Salvador. I thought all the time I heard this song, I thought that they were talking about places in the United States. I assumed that too. Yeah, well, evidently not because we're going to El Salvador now. Okay, let's go. This place is known as the Land of Volcanoes, which probably wasn't the best thing to put on a tourist pamphlet. Oh, no. Um, It's a tiny country, and so there's not much room to get away from exploding mountains. The country is bordered on the northeast by Honduras and the northwest by Guatemala, and then the rest of it is bordered by ocean. Uh, So you can run out into the ocean if the lava's chasing you. That's true. Maybe able to, then you run away from the lava to get eaten by a shark. But anyhow, the capital city is is San Salvador, and the population of the entire country is estimated around 6.5 million. Wow. even this place was inhabited by indigenous people before the Europeans came. Uh, I don't know if they call them Indians down there. Because, uh, the, okay. well, because the thing is, is in the United States, I think we called them Indians. Because when the explorers first came here, they th- were planning to go to India for trade. Right. And they didn't know that the uh, this land was here. And so they land here and met these people and they had dark skin. So they called them Indians. That's really how Because they thought out. they were from India. Yeah, or they thought they were in India. Hmm. Um, anyhow, around 1521 is when the Europeans started showing up in the area. Uh, a lot of the people living here were being killed off by smallpox at the time. Ooh. Which, again, I thought that was, being, that was brought over here by the Europeans. So they had to have gotten it somehow. So they must have traveled north or something and gotten it from those people up there. But this is said to be the first time the Linca, uh, who were the indigenous people of the area, were said to have contact with the Spaniards. Uh, this is another area where the Spaniards, they kind of went in and took over the place. But here they didn't have uh, gold and gems to plunder, uh, like all the other Latin American places they took over. But they did find good volcanic soil. Hmm. And so by 1525... This area was basically under Spanish control, and it would remain so all the way up to around 1821. But from then on, there have been a bunch of uprisings. They even had a civil war back in 1979. Um, It seems like they kind of have things under control there a little bit. In the early days of the country, the staple of their economy was export of indigo, which is a plant that is used for dyes, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then as synthetic dice came about, the economy switched to exporting coffee, which that volcanic soil is good to grow coffee in, I guess. Hmm. Um, and this still seems to be a major part of their uh, economy. They do have some mining and whatnot, but that sector, it's had its own share of troubles trying to advance. Uh, tourism has also accounted for 11% of their GDP. And another interesting thing about this place is that in 2021, their governor said that he would make Bitcoin legal tender in El Salvador. Which I Wait, thought, in what year? In 2021. Oh, okay. Which I thought was really interesting because I was, back when I was researching uh, cryptocurrencies and stuff a lot, mm-hmm. they talked about cryptocurrencies growing really big in the Latin American countries because you can, uh, you carry it all in a di- digital wallet. Mm-hmm. 
Because down there, you have to have like 5 million pesos or something to buy a Coke. Right. And you can't be packing around all that much money with you. But if you've got it all in a digital wallet, you're not actually packing around the money. You've just got it right there. Hmm. So they're not having to pack around all those bills and stuff with them. Right. And I think the valuation of cryptocurrencies would probably be a lot better than the valuation of their money. Right. So, yeah. Um, even though tourism is a big thing there, one of the places that I looked at uh, said, um, I think I put in, is uh, El Salvador a good place to travel to? And it came back up and said, reconsider travel. Right. Uh, due to the high crime rate. For example, in 2021, they had 1,147 homicides. Wow. Um, and it leads me to believe that these are just the ones that they know about. I didn't research this, but I also assume drugs and everything else that goes along with them could be a problem there as well. Another place I looked at said that Mexico is safer than El Salvador. Good and grief. we know what a shithole that place is becoming. Right? Bad. Um, these, uh, and we're talking about the tourist areas. We're not talking about the inland areas of the place. Oh. But if you were to go there, uh, they really like soccer. They also play a lot of other sports like basketball, baseball, swimming, um, pretty much normal sports. Uh, there are also some interesting ar architectural sites to see. Uh, if you're lucky or unlucky, you may get to see your own grave while you're there. Oh, no. I'd rather not. And honestly, I didn't really find any seriously famous people from here. I did find a lady that was sentenced to 40 years in prison for aggrava aggravated murder after she had a miscarriage. Oh. Which I thought was kind of weird. So, yeah. There wasn't really anybody. That was the only one that I could find listed. I figured I would have found some baseball players or something. Yeah. Well, maybe that's not a safe place for them. Yeah, evidently. Or they don't want to be known from there. Yeah. Uh, for our last place we're visiting this episode, we're going to head back into the U.S. Uh, and you won't even need to have a passport. You just have to be able to run fast or swim. Mm. And we're going to go to Amarillo. And we hope we make it there by morning. See what I did there? I How I tied that all in together? Yeah, pretty good. It's pretty, pretty snazzy on my part. Uh, this city in Texas has a population uh, right around 200,000, which that's a pretty good number. Not huge, but not too small. Um, so this is another town that seemed to grow because of the railroad. Uh, the town site was originally established in 1887, and it was called Oneida. Uh, and then they changed the name to Amarillo, possibly because of the wildflowers that grew in the area, or after the name of the lake that was there, mm. uh, which Amarillo is Spanish for yellow. Amarillo. Didn't know that, did you? I did. Um, in 1888 and 1889, they actually moved the original site of the settlement. Uh, the original site was susceptible to flooding, which happened, so they end up moving the site. But they end up incorporating in 1889... And it immediately took off. Uh, by the end of the 1800s, this town became the world's busiest cattle shipping point. And also became a major player in grain and feed production. And then they started finding natural gas and oil there, which even furthered the boom. Uh, but today, that boom, it's only led to being the 14th largest, largest town in Texas. Really? Yeah. I thought it was we, larger than that. Yeah, I thought it was bigger than that, too. Um, another fun fact to know and share about this uh place is that in some circles uh it's known as the helium capital of the world uh evidently they found a high amounts of helium in one of the gas fields there uh 
1927, it was enough that they opened the Amarillo Helium Plant in 1929. And there's actually a storage place here that holds the U.S. National Helium Reserve. Oh, well, we need to go there and tell them to release some of the helium, for crap's sake. Helium. The stuff that makes you talk funny and makes balloons float up. Yeah, and there's a na there's a shortage of it. That's why you can't get many balloons anymore. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. I am not kidding you. How can there Don't be a shortage? Don't you remember the graduation, the, all the graduation parties that we've had? That I'm like, well, we got to see if they have it. And nope, Dollar Tree doesn't have it no more. Sorry, we have a balloon. We have a helium shortage. You're going to have to try someplace else. Remember? I, I didn't it. remember that, but I was, I was just surprised that there's a U.S. National Helium Reserve. Well, they should release some of that freaking helium. Huh. Ridiculous. Now I know where to go. That's crazy. Um, as with everything, the railroads helped this place grow. Also, tourism kind of helped them uh, through the economic depression called the Dust Bowl. Hey, speaking of railroad, we need two railroad ties if anybody has any. We'll buy them from you. Um, Where's your long truck driver, your long haul truck driver? He might He's know probably some. truck driving. Good. Find we should, I should play types. that song for him. Uh, Not right I now. Look that up. Yeah. Um, Amarillo is where U.S. routes uh, 60, 87, 287, and 66 all intersected. So during the what? Dust Bowl, that kept the tourism. Uh, so there are a lot of hotels 60, and restaurants and shops like that there. 66. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, they also have a lot of military bases in the area. They also have tornadoes. Oh. Like the F four that touched down in nineteen forty nine and it only killed seven people, which but it is was an F four about fifty less than the Clintons have killed. <laughs> um, first and foremost of cool places to go, this is where the Cadillac Ranch is. Oh gosh, that stupid Cadillac Ranch! That is I, the dumbest thing since I know what it is now. Why? It is dumb. People use it as soothing. They go out there and paint. On the Cadillacs uh -huh. that are stuck in the ground, uh -huh. and then they turn around and they sell it. I know the chunks of it, and you can make uh, rock or you make cabs out of it and stuff I like that know. for jewelry. It's dumb. It's pretty cool. We're gonna go there. Oh my gosh! Right when our podcast people pay to send me to Texas. I thought it was this big deal, this big... It is a big deal. Have you ever seen pictures of it? Yes, you showed me pictures of it, and that's why I'm thinking it's the dumbest thing ever. You have a Cadillac sticking out of the ground. Well, it's People... not the whole Cadillac, it's just the front the of front it. The front end. I know. People spray paint it, and then you go and you cut a chunk off of it, and you make it into a slab or a cab, and you and people pay money for that. What's it called? Cadillac Ranch Fordite? Fordite, yeah. Yeah. Dumb. It's pretty cool stuff. They I, even have, because uh, some people go out there and they spray paint with glow-in-the-dark paint. I know. And see, the difference with this Fordite and other Fordite is the other Fordites just overspray from when they're painting the car, so it doesn't have the good drips and stuff that this stuff has. So with this stuff, people aren't very good, and they have runs and things like that, so it drips down. I, it it's blew awesome. my mind. Awesome. No, I, I disagree. Um... So anyhow, uh, they also have the American Quarter Horse Hall of Fame, uh, the Texas Air and Space Museum. They also have a zoo. Uh, they don't have any major sports teams there, but they are home to Texas A&M, which has a whole slate of NCAA teams. Yes. Yeah. As for notable people from here, uh, the list is pretty good size, but not a whole lot that I recognize off the top of my head. Uh, Art Bell is from here. He used to have a radio show on AM 690 called Coast to Coast, I believe. And he 
it was kind of like a uh, radio show that talked about like conspiracy theories or something or like he had that one show where they were digging that well in China or in uh, Russia they're digging this hole in the ground and they th- they said they opened up the they dug it clear to hell because there were all these like oh, vo- things coming out of the hole sounded like people screaming and whatnot he he'd always talked about weird stuff like that on his radio show it's kind of interesting um Roger Miller Yep. You know who Roger Miller was. Of course, everybody does. Keep going. King of the Road? Yeah, the singer. Oh, good grief. He was the one, remember when I was talking about Mel Tillis, who you also didn't know about? <laughs> he was the one that they were telling that story about. Mel Tillis and Roger Miller were staying in a hotel together. Yep. Uh, for some reason, there's a ton of professional wrestlers from here. Wrestlers? Yeah. Uh, the most famous one would probably be Terry Funk. Um or the guy that went by the name of Jay Youngblood, and he used to tag team with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, yeah. Uh, Charles Albright, who was a serial killer. He's from here. Oh, great. And this guy, I don't know. So this is kind of interesting. He graduated from high school when he was 15 years old. Are you talking old. about Charles? Yeah, this is Charles okay. Albright. He graduated from high school when he was 15. Okay. And then he got into a bunch of other crap. Uh, he didn't, um, it's like he couldn't really be in society it seems like and eventually he ended up getting uh into killing sex workers and carving out their eyeballs but wow i don't know and i'd probably have to do some research on because i don't know if they ever proved 100 percent that he was the killer yeah he probably was um but one of the murders that they uh tied him to was because they found um hair on the victim that they said proved uh that it was his they brought in some hair expert and they said, without a doubt, this is Charles Albright's hair. Wouldn't it just be a DNA test? This was a long time ago. Okay. I'm not sure when it was. But anyhow, once DNA testing finally came about, they retested it mm-hmm. and found that it was hair from a dog. Oh, my gosh. So they swore it was this guy's hair, but then it turned out to not be this guy's hair. Right. So were they just trying to pin these murders on yep. him? Absolutely. Well, I don't know, because they probably had a lot of other evidence to bring him in on. But yeah. But yeah, he'd carve out their eyeballs. Oh, nice. Um, there's also one of the only females on death row is from here. Oh. Uh, she was an escort that killed an 80-year-old man that picked her up. Oh. And this one was also kind of a controversial because they tried to claim that it was self-defense, that they got to the hotel room and they were starting to do their thing and then he kind of started to get a little too rough with her. An 80-year-old? Yeah. Okay. Maybe... No. The Viagra works like Popeye, too, like with spinach. No. Anyhow, um, they tried to claim it was self-defense, but after she killed him, she took $1,400 that he had in his wallet. And then she was also able to take a shower and change into his clothes and leave the hotel. Change into his clothes? Well, she didn't have any other clothes of her own, so she put on some of his clothes and then left the hotel. Oh, wow. So I don't really think that that was self-defense. Right. I personally don't feel that way. Yeah, I don't think so either. But, uh, yeah, that was about it for the famous people that I found from there. Nice. And that is about it also for this episode of the podcast from P-Town. And where can people find us? Let's play this game again. Let's not. Where could they go on Facebook if they wanted to look for podcasts from P-Town? Rich Knight. You're an idiot. <laughs> podcast from P-Town Facebook group or P-Town Podcast on Instagram or... 
ptownpodcast74 at gmail.com is where you could message me ideas or you could and you could complain about how I'm making fun of all the queers. No. Or they can complain if they want. I don't I got thick skin. People can complain to me all they want. Oh my gosh. I'd like I'd welcome complaints. You mm. So, uh, I want to interact with our lovely audience. So, okay. With that being said, I hope everybody has a good week out there. Yep, it's hump day! Mike, 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 Mike! And uh, mm-hmm. if you guys uh, have any graduates... Oh, do you want me to play that, try to find that song? Please, no. That I'm driving a truck, I'm driving a truck... Nope. Uh, nope. With my high heels on? Nope. Is that for your long-haul truck driving, buddy? Yeah. Oh, that was rude. Don't you remember that song I by Weird Al? But you're saying he drives with high heels on? He's going to beat well, the living tar out of you. I don't know what he does in his personal time. Oh, gosh. Anywho, if you have a graduate, whether it's an eighth grade graduation or a fifth grade graduation or kindergarten or high school or college, congratulations. It's a huge, momentous time in their life. We have a college graduate. We do. Would you still come the paper? So that's pretty cool. Yep. Stop First one in our family to get a bachelor's degree. Really? Well. My niece did. That's not our family. That's your family. Oh, sorry. My family, I your mean, family. Also. I had a, I've got a two-year degree. How, how much degree did you get? I can't even talk about them. There's so many. Yeah. So many degrees I have. Oh, speaking, um, <laughs> I don't know why this made me think of it, but Stop our uh, Texas friend uh, messaged me and said, thanks for the birthday shout out. Oh, yeah? And she also said, congratulations to your wife. Oh, well, thank you. On my new pregnancy. We have one graduating. We'll have one born in seven months. Yeah, you wish. <laughs> okay. Well, anyhow, happy hump day. And everybody have a great rest of your week. Uh, good luck if you have a graduate or supporting the graduates that are graduating this weekend. And we will see you. We will talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.